Well, I'm sure everybody is uh, is dry. The champagne has worn off. Everyone's, you know, hangover and headache-free. Um, actually, hopefully not. I mean, uh, it's Monday. The Guardians clinched on Sunday afternoon in Texas. Um, actually, before they uh, even won a game, the White Sox finished their collapse. They got swept by Detroit on Sunday. How about that? Guardians were division champions before they even got the last out in Texas, and they're off on Monday as we're recording the Guardians of the Future podcast. I'm Justin Latta, joined by Willie Hood. Um, so, yeah, if they if they want to extend their hangover into Monday and celebrate a little bit more, I mean, Terry Francona did say they had the right to blow it out because of hard, how hard they worked. Then, hey, you did it on Sunday, and you had an off day Monday, and the stretch they had to, to pull off, Willie, to get there, I think it was uh, – what was it? 18 and three to finish this thing off this weekend. Um, yeah. When you do that, I think you deserve to go on a little bender. Don't you? I would. I, I've gone on benders for less. <laughs> well, I'm not a drinking man, but uh, I can understand why people would want to celebrate. So. Yeah. I, uh, we, we popped a bottle over here yesterday. We had uh, a bunch of uh, bottles left over from our engagement party back in April and, we were saving them some for some of the wedding, but um, yeah, no reason not to to pop one out yesterday. That was quite the occasion, and I just still I just still can't get over this team this month. They're eighteen and seven and eighteen and three in their last twenty one, and um, just never saw things coming together like this. Like you know, if I if I had told you back in April that hey, these are all the guys they're going to play this year for Cleveland, and these are the guys that are making their debuts, um. Gosh, what would you have said? Like, what would you have been like? All right, what's what questions would you have asked about what happened? How many injuries the team faced? Because I, right. I would have thought that's what it was. Yeah, I mean, good for them for for being committed to that, right? Because we we've heard the last couple of days about you know Zach had the Carlos Rodon thing, and uh, we knew about Matt Olson, we knew about Jesse Winker, so that would have impeded things for certain. But uh, good for them for for sticking to the script we've been wanting them to do this for years and now is finally the time and i just you never you never guess though that that a lineup full i mean geez what was not wasn't sunday but saturday's lineup had kwan and straw and will brennan and gabriel r starting on on sunday and tyler freeman started sunday like this whole weekend uh, yeah well yeah when miller was up last year but just all i mean not a lot of experience but just Nobody on this team besides Jose and Miles Straw and, and Austin Hedges have been playing for any amount of time besides the pitchers. Just got yeah, injuries and and okay, how who got traded, right? I would have said who got traded. Who did they move on from? Good for them yeah. for, for not sticking with Bobby Bradley and Bradley Zimmer and Oscar Mercado for six months. I mean Oscar Mercado was here twice briefly, but you know. Good for them for for moving on, seeing what they had. They had to see what they had this year. They really had to to make that effort because of uh, who was in the system. But yeah, never would have guessed this group would have been so good that they would have clinched a division title with nine games to go. If you told me that they had 
the record that they do and that they were so far ahead and clinched the division at this point in time, I would have asked who they traded for because I thought that's what it really hinged on is what veterans or what players were they going to pick up during the season. And that's been their MO picking up players at the, uh, at the deadline, like Andrew Miller trade, you know, and that's something that they've done for a number of years, even picking up Josh Donaldson late trying to boost their chances to not only win the division, but also, you know, make a run at the world series. And a lot of people expressed frustration because they were pretty, um, well, they stayed right where they were. They didn't make any moves other than trading Leon to, to Minnesota. And we saw how that, <laughs> we saw how that for Minnesota. It worked out great. Oh, they actually Minnesota probably should have played him more because uh, Gary Sanchez was yes. uh, part of the reason that they lost part of that four game series. So yes. uh, Cleveland, tr- Cleveland tried to help them. Minnesota just didn't want to help themselves, I guess. But yeah, <laughs> should have known that Sandy Leone was the key to their season, right? Yes, and who would have thought that that was an improvement in catching for them? So, well. Based on the last couple of years of Gary Sanchez defensively, and he didn't even hit this year, so I would have guessed that. But there was a time where Leon was starting, but I guess they didn't play him enough. They really wanted the offense, and yeah, Ernie Ernie Clement scores that run. Ernie Clement moves on. Sad for sad for Ernie not to be in the clubhouse getting a champagne shower himself because he did score a big run in that game, and um, and he's been gonna, been with a lot of these guys all along, right? So there is that camaraderie there uh and he gets to go to oakland of all places ernie i'm sorry for your loss i know you're not listening but i'm sorry man <laughs> i don't know he might he's on he's he's quite active on social media he might he might find us somewhere if we put him in the in the description someone might tweet it to him he's he was very active this year and i'm sure yeah. if he was still on this team he would have reached out to a lot of fans and said hey what, what was that about our team not being good this year oh yeah yeah he was he was having it early in the season. Early in the season, when Miles Straw uh, was starting his downturn, he was he had his back on social media. So, yeah, poor he's he's not he's not bad. He's just gone. So hopefully they poured one out for Ernie yesterday and not the other guys because they weren't here long enough. Ernie was barely up, but <clears throat> anyway, we'll we'll talk about that move in a little bit. Why he's gone, but. Um, Gosh, Stephen Kwan hits that grand slam. I mean, just no no better way to I, I guess the game well, they weren't they didn't, point. Yeah, what what a better way to do that, right? I mean, Stephen Kwan, I, I I've been saying for the last couple of weeks that you know he's not gonna win rookie of the year. It's gonna be Julio Rodriguez and even Adley Rutschman. I mean, he's been so important to Baltimore and we know what an impact catchers have on the game, and he's been one of the best this year among rookies, so Neither of those guys are not deserving of where they stand in the rookie voting or where they'll, where they'll turn up. But I don't know, considering that Baltimore's probably not going to the postseason <clears throat> and the Guardians are, and Stephen Kwan kind of put things on ice on Sunday with that grand slam. Mm-hmm. Hard for me to say that there has not been a more, I mean, they don't do most valuable rookie, but couldn't imagine Cleveland goes to the playoffs. For, first of all, we know Jose Ramirez is the glue here signs that contract, things look a lot different if he doesn't sign that contract, but um, just really hard to to imagine if if Stephen Kwan, A, doesn't make his debut, and B, isn't as good as he is, that this team is going to the postseason. I think 
there's a lot of guys that have been good this year. The pitching, for one, the bullpen's been important. Um, Andre Jimenez was an all-star, deservedly so. But if I'm ranked in terms of, of importance to this team going to the playoffs this season, I'm going Jose Ramirez one, and I'm going Stephen Kwan number two. I Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think there's been three position players that have been um, very – I'll say foundational. It's been a foundation to build from having, um, having Jose, having Stephen Kwan play like a veteran, a guy that's been here for five years and play week in and week out like that. Um, having Jimenez step up the way that he did. You know, I, I pointed out yesterday on Twitter that he had a five, nine F war and a one forty five weighted runs created plus right now, higher than Jose in both categories right now. I think a lot of that is because of that. I, I sent a text, or I'm sorry, I sent a DM um, before this to you, uh, and it showed what Jose has done since 616 when he had that thumb injury. And it's been quite a downturn from for Jose from what he was doing before that. I think maybe part of it is just the law of averages, so to speak. Maybe it is the injury, him playing through an injury. I don't know. Um, there's been a lot of key factors for the lineup. Josh Naylor's been big time against the White Sox. Um, <laughs> had some beautiful hits against them. Been very entertaining. Ahmed Rosario um, has played, I, I think, to probably a better level than he had prior to this season or at least equal to last season, um, better defensively anyways. And I suspect that's partially because of his teammates around him. Um, but how big is the maturation of Tristan McKenzie been? How big has Shane Bieber been coming down these last, um, what is it, his 12 starts or so? And he's just been excellent. He may not have picked up the velocity that he once had, but he's still – Pitching at a very, very high level. Um, I've, I've said maybe he was never what we thought he was because when we did see him in his prime time, so to speak, it was in a short season. So we never saw that over a full stretch, but we'll never know, you know. Um, the point is, though, there's been so many, so many that have impacted Oscar Gonzalez. I mean, heck, he was a minor league free agent. And nobody signed him but Cleveland, you know? And then it's just like a made-for-TV movie. It's like I've seen this movie before. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been about 30, 30 years or so, but yeah. <laughs> a little longer <laughs> than 30 years. But yeah, it's been that movie for sure. Yep. Um, minus the uh, cast-off veterans, I suppose. I mean, right down to, to Wild Thing in the bullpen himself i suppose it fits right in uh i mean we did we did say that back in spring training remember, we did say brian shaw was the willie mays hayes that he just showed up to spring training was like i'm on the team whether you uh, whether you knew it or not i'm here so and he he uh tried to create a high leverage situation for himself on sunday he uh he tried to make <laughs> things more interesting he was trying uh, to get another save i wonder if he's got a clause in his contract yeah well the good news for him is he likes to pitch a lot um, I think he should he should pitch 
that they have nine games left. I think he should pitch at least eight of them. How about that? I think he loves to you pitch. You know what? I'd let him. I'd let him start one more time. That's right. I you should let him start. Actually, I, I I'd roll him out there for three innings. Let him go. Let him turn the lineup over. See what he can do. Um, get him those innings. Give him that money. Feel free because <laughs> at this point you can. Because I know some people were saying, you know, they flipped uh, they flipped Tristan and Shane Bieber yeah. with the off day today, so they can have them ready to be on normal rest for Game One and Two of the Wild Card series. I would I would hope that maybe I don't know their last start, second to last start, that maybe they could make it like a four, three or four inning start and just kind of. You know, not tax them too much. Have them have you know a couple extra bolts in the chamber. I guess you know that doesn't mean anything. That may not necessarily guarantee anything, but maybe not have them throw. I don't know, hundred pitches in their last start. You know, have Brian Shaw go out there for three innings behind him or something, and um, soak up some innings. Because I said yesterday we were doing spaces after the game on Twitter. I said they need to send um, Emmanuel Clase to Cabo for a week and not pitch. Just like bubble wrap his arm. Get him on a flat. Is, well, I don't know. Is, is Cabo in the? I, I okay. This is sad. I probably couldn't point out Cabo on a map, but um, they're not in the that in the path of the the hurricane, right? I don't think so. Okay. Well, send him to Cabo anywhere. It's not in the path of the hurricane. Keep um, him away from bubble drones. Wrap arm. What's that? I said keep him away from drones. <laughs> Somebody said that yesterday. I said no one in this team likes drones, right? And I'm like, not to my knowledge. Hopefully. Um, yeah, send send him to Cabo for a week. Let him relax. Bring him back next Sunday against the Royals. Let him pitch once or twice and be done with it. You know him. I I don't know about Jose Ramirez. Like the the thumb injury, I'm not sure of because he's chasing out of the zone a little bit and not more than usual, but he's not making contact. And I don't know if that's I don't know if that's the thumb injury or him just uh, pressing and trying to you know, being frustrated, being pitched around a lot, not getting a lot of chances, expecting more of himself. Uh, Cause in the past, he normally chases the same amount of stuff out of the zone, but he's able to make contact, but it seems like he's just missed a little bit lately. So I, I don't know. Rest is probably good for him, but at the same time, they really got to help him rediscover his swing. So I think you got to be careful with how much rest he gets as well. Yeah. Which this, that's even more amazing is that they're they're on this eighteen and three stretch in September, and Jose Ramirez has been like very pedestrian for himself this month. That I don't know is I said this yesterday in the spaces. Is that a good or a bad thing? Is it a good thing this lineup has has really found a rhythm that they're playing well without MVP candidate Jose Ramirez, or is it bad that when they get to the playoffs they're going to need him? Because I I guess you could look at it both ways. Let's just hope that he returns to himself. Um, I wonder sometimes when injuries happen, if it's not necessarily the injury, but an overcompensation or uh, just a change in mechanics. So just a slight, um, just the slightest thing can throw somebody off, get that rhythm thrown off. And then they do become impatient. Like you said, Um, could be that, you could be Jose putting a little pressure on himself to fulfill that contract. You know, I, I don't know. Um, Jose doesn't seem like a guy that would be too wound up, but um, 
seems pretty fun and loving, but you never know. Some guys put pressure, internal pressure on themselves, even though there may not be that external pressure from an organization or from media, peers, et cetera. Um, the uh, obvious change, probably a little bit of everything, to be honest with you, him coming back to his normal baseline, um, maybe a little bit of compensating for an injury. I'm sure that, um, unsure where he is physically, you know, sometimes you, you lose confidence in yourself physically. You don't have confidence in that arm or that thumb or that hand, you know, how's it going to feel on my follow through? You know, I'd be curious if somebody broke down his swing and see if there was any slight hitches or changes in it since, you know, but before that date and after that date, little things like that happen sometimes, but uh, you know, now you'll probably go and look it up since I'm giving you homework. <laughs> I, I'm I've long passed doing homework. Not, I guess this is the, I guess it would be the fun kind of homework if he was hitting well. But he's not. It's not a fun kind of homework if he's not playing well. If he was playing well, we guess be the fun kind of homework. Yeah, I, I hope they can figure something out. You know, you don't need. You know, he had a what was it a two seventeen WRC plus back in April. You know, he carried this lineup mm-hmm. um, for the first month of the season. Uh, I don't think you need that level of Jose Ramirez to win in the postseason. I think you just need normal Jose Ramirez, which I guess, you know, maybe that is normal Jose Ramirez, but you just need, you don't need the MVP candidate version of him. You need the first half version of him. What did you say? What did that uh, stat you sent me said in the first half? It was um, 306 190. 190 weighted runs created. <clears throat> that was before the, the thumb injury. Yeah. yeah I, I don't even know if you need, are we at a point with this lineup where you don't even need that level of production back from Jose? Like I have to go back and look again. Cause I tweeted it the other day. His, uh, his weighted runs creator plus has gone down every month <clears throat> and his OPS. Consequently, they've declined each month throughout the season. And obviously he was otherworldly in April. That wasn't going to continue. Um, you know, in, 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 May, he was 170. In June, it was 136. Uh, in June, he hit 291, 345, 515. If you get that Jose Ramirez for the playoffs, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's that's yep. really, I think, all you need. I don't think you need a better version of him than that. I, I feel I feel good enough about the, Gu- the Guardians lineup right now. If they get that version of Jose Ramirez back, they're going to be just fine in the playoffs. I don't know if that means they're going to win, but I at least would feel good about their chances if they got that level back. Yeah, I was going to say, um, if he just goes back to his season average, and his season average, like I said, at 5, 5.7 um, F4 and a 138 weighted runs created. So if he produces that the rest of the way, I think they're in good shape as long as the other guys maintain and step up around him. And, you know, that would obviously mean that he's doing his part too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it makes them harder to walk, and um, obviously, you know the lineup is going good, and they can get Rosario and <clears throat> Quan on in front of him. Um, another guy that I think makes this lineup just so much deeper, and and I don't want to place unfair expectations on him, but I get the sense that he is going to be in this lineup for the playoffs. But Will Brennan came up on 
Tuesday to everybody's surprise. And I guess this is why he wasn't going to be on the AFL roster. Cause you know, I, I had thought that he would have been a good candidate for the Arizona fall league. You know, he's coming up on rule five status this winter and he had a great season, great time to see what he can do against some um, higher level pitching or some good pitching prospects. Although I guess more pitching prospects are not going to the AFL as they used to, but maybe he didn't need it, but I guess this is why he wasn't on the roster because he was going to be in Cleveland for the, the final couple weeks of the season. And he played the first three days. Um, he played, I'm sorry, I played the first five days. He played uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, got sun, I got Sunday off um, against the lefty. But I think this is really telling. Um, they went out and like we talked about Ernie Clement earlier, they went out and DFA'd him. You know, well, they could have easily just brought Nolan Jones back. He's hitting well recently. He would have given them a nice spark at DH. Um, they could have moved him and Oscar Gonzalez between the right field and DH. He's already in the 40. You don't have to DFA or any Clement. You can hang on to him. Um, they could have even decided to bring up George Valera, who's had a, a fairly nice season, not as nice as Will Brennan's, but he was already in the 40, so it wouldn't have required an additional move. But instead, because they knew they were going to put Will Brennan on the 40-man roster this winter anyway, they went ahead and called him up. They they DFA'd Clement, lost. They knew they were going to lose him. And unlike, <clears throat> this is not a slight to anybody else, you know, Richie Palacios or Will Benson or Tyler Freeman, um, but when those guys have come up this year, you know, Benson, Palacios, and Freeman, they have not really had consistent playing time. They might come up and play a game or two games in a row. Um, and then you don't see him again for five days. Like, I don't even know the last time I saw Will Benson, um, besides, you know, being covered by champagne in the locker room. That's the last time I think I, I really can, uh, think I've seen his face, but Will Brennan, you know, that wasn't the case. He got up here on Tuesday. He played four or five, eight games in a row and, and he played well and they made it. Uh, I, I don't want to say it's a difficult decision because Ernie Clement, um, is, you know, he, he is a utility player. And that's not a bad thing. It's just that's a role that unfortunately can be fungible at times. But um, they still went ahead and, and moved on from someone they clearly had some preference for to bring Will Brennan in. And he played every day. I, I think it's telling. I think he's going to make the playoff roster. And I think it says a lot about what they think of his future because he could have easily come up and just played a couple of days, they could have moved Benson in and out there. They could have done a different, couple of different things, but he's been playing right away and they made a move to get him up here. I think that says a lot. Yes, it does. I think um, it's the old axiom, I guess, Tito would say, which is force your way onto the roster, force your way into the position. And that's exactly what Will Brennan did in the minor leagues. I mean, he hit the cover off of the ball as far as average goes, um, didn't exactly hit for power or a lot of power, but his power did increase. You know, I, I was talking to uh, to a friend last night, and he said to me that he's just one of several guys that really focused on getting stronger in the offseason, and that's something that he accomplished. And I believe that's part of the reason that we saw a little bit more power from him, a little bit more authority when he drove the ball. Um Definitely flexible in that he has played left field, right field, and played a lot of center field while he was in Columbus. And I almost said Buffalo. Gee whiz, what is with my brain? 
It's been it's been a few years. Did you are you sure you didn't have any champagne? I I don't think that I know this stuff will fizzy. Check how much your uh, your grapes have fermented. If you have any fruit that you've been eating that's been fermented, I don't know. I just uh, thought that was sparkling water. <laughs> yeah, well, read the label next time. You never know. It had to be organic water. Uh, it's been a while <laughs> since they were at Buffalo. But you're right. I mean, he, he did force his way up here. And uh, not, I don't know, not that Nolan Jones what, did. What they got to look at Nolan Jones. Done? What more could he have done? No, you're right. I mean, talked about it for quite quite a while this year, how good he's been and, and how he's raised his stock. I mean, geez, he started the year. Now, and now I think about it again. I liked Will Brennan a lot last year coming into the season, and we had him ranked 47th. And now I'm like, man, how do we only have him ranked 47th? He moved up to 11th um, in July after – our post draft rankings, but you know, that's, that's 36 spots above where he started. What were we, uh, what were we missing the first couple months of the year? We were like, ah, oh, let's keep him down at 47. That's a, that, to be fair, nobody else had this guy as a top 30 prospect either. And and we actually, if you look at the list, him being 11th is a lot higher than he is anywhere else. But um, I still can't believe we had him as low as 47 now. I think a lot of that goes back to the COVID year, just missing that year of evaluation time. And remember, Brennan jumped two levels this year. Akron, no, I'm sorry, three levels, because Akron, Buffalo, Cleveland now. Buffalo, Columbus. <laughs> <you're loaded up. laughs> wow, he really had quite a year. He went He went and played for the Blue Jays, and then he came back. <laughs> yes. Quite the year. Very lucky <laughs> the Guardians got him back from Toronto. Buffalo, jeez. <laughs> Buffalo! Uh, he, he's part of the the Bills Mafia, is what it is. I just outed him on on here. I think I think he is. I think he is a, a Josh Allen fan. I think I, I saw him tweet about Josh Allen. So maybe that's yeah, why. I can't blame him. Yeah, good player. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, he did jump two levels this this season, and he he did it really? last year too. I mean, he really? um, yeah, he played at three levels. You're right. You know, the, he played at um, short season Mahoney Valley in 2019 obviously used the time off during the pandemic very well. That's one of the things and I'm hoping to, to get in touch with him again, Rob Serfolio, the uh, guardian director of player development. I'm hoping in the next week or two to, to get him on the phone and kind of wrap up the season. But he was talking about which guys you can clearly see use their time wisely when they didn't have games to play it in 2020. And Will Brennan was one of those guys. He got out and got to work and, um, Worked on his stance. He worked on that Christian Yelich uh, type uh, hip movement in his load that he's talked about time and time again. That has been a big deal for him, and that gives him a little more uh, thump in the bat. You know, giving him a little more uh, rotation and power to use in his swing. That's made a difference. You know, more more contact authority to go to his contact skills. Um, I joked the other day. I said. Um, Will Brennan is like Stephen Kwan, the way like your your friend wanted to copy your homework in high school, but you were like, "All right, you can copy it, but change some of the answers so it doesn't look like you copied it." Like that's that's Will Brennan to Stephen Kwan. They're they're extremely similar. If you just change, you know, a few minor things, so it makes makes it look like you didn't just copy someone's homework. Um, 
Which is and the superior I, version. What's that? Which one is the superior version? Ooh. Um that's a great question. I, I'd have I guess I'd go with Quan because the contact ability is a little bit greater. I do think Brennan's gonna have a little more doubles power, but I don't know. What what is Quan up to now? I think Quan's up to six homers. Yeah. Um I don't know if he'll hit more than fifteen, but yeah, I, I don't I don't know if Brennan's gonna run a three seventy on base either. So I don't know. You'll probably get if Quan if Quan's gonna run a th- uh you know a three fifty to three seventy on base with with uh fifteen homers, I would say well Brennan's gonna run like a three forty on base with like yeah, I don't know if he'll hit more than fifteen homers either. I guess I'll take Quan just for the the fact that he gets on. He's going to get on base more because he probably has better contact skills. He swings and misses a lot less. I, he, I have to look, but I think he has swung and missed the least amount of times in baseball this year. I wouldn't be surprised. Same but different guy, as you said. I, I like your analogy too. I get that. I was the <laughs> one people wanted to cheat from. <laughs> nobody was copying. Nobody was copying my homework. Trust me. Oh, so, I didn't. Study. I don't even know. What- I knew a lot of the I answers. <laughs> I, uh, if anybody wanted to copy my homework, they were just uh, looking for a C. Which, hey, if you're if you want to see, then I'm your guy. If you want better, then uh, move on to somebody hey, else. Well, well, is all right. Yes, uh, D's get degrees. Ask, ask. Uh, well, I won't say it. Bully, don't say. It. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, ask the twins and ask Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Mediocre's okay. Uh, mediocre. Uh, I don't know. They're they're pretty salty on Twitter today. How about how about all the people on Twitter today? Um, some baseball writers, some are fans, and they're just like, I can't believe the Guardians' social media account is talking about how nobody thought they could win this year. Yeah, nobody thought they could win. Nobody projected them to win, and that's fine. Like. Nobody should have projected them to win. This is pretty remarkable. They they, they didn't add anybody of consequence to the roster. No. They just got. I mean, if you if you truly thought that Stephen Kwan was going to finish third rookie of the year voting back in April, and although I guess I I did say that, but um, yeah, I think the Josh I think we both said he would be a top five guy. Yeah, a couple of us did the site. We thought he would finish in the rookie of the year voting. Um, but if you thought that and you thought that Josh Neeler was going to recover from a gruesome leg injury to turn into a solid first baseman, if you thought that Andres Jimenez was going to be an all-star, if you thought that Oscar Gonzalez was going to boot Fran Mil Reyes out of the organization after 29 other teams could assign him this winner, if you thought that um, Sam Hentges was going to turn into one of the best setup men in the league and Trevor Steffen was going to do the same thing. Um, then you really probably should be using your powers for something better than talking about baseball. Um, I just like the weather. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Get it. Somebody can get it right. I don't know. No. Cause if you do, if you do a weather in Ohio and you get it right, people are going to be pissed off no matter what. It'll be too hot or it'll be too cold. <laughs> be um, yeah. No, you're not gonna make everybody happy, but I, I just love that all these people out there are like, I can't believe the Guardians are, are you know, throwing in everybody's face that they won the division even though nobody pricked them to win. Yeah, 
that's how this works. Nobody thought they were going to win the division and they did. So yeah, they're going to brag about it. Like, I don't, I don't understand why people are, are, uh, you know, spitting out the Cheerios over this. What, what exactly don't you understand about this? If the twins would have won the division. All right. Well, they were expecting to win. They were expected to be good. If the white Sox had won the division, it would have been like the 2018 guard uh, Indians where, okay, let's see what happens in October. But the guardians were expected to be going home in, in nine days, not playing in the postseason. So yeah, they're gonna have a little bit of fun with it. I, I, I just don't understand what these people think, uh, what what is so wrong with celebrating something that you nobody thought that you could do? I think the best response is "I'm sorry for your loss." That's a good one. I, I I'm okay with the petty tweets. They they tweeted about. I think they had a picture yeah, of slider if I'm crumbling, and they had the receipts. Hey, that's that's the fun of this. I mean, how many how many times I'm do you see people tag? Uh, what is it? Uh, freezing cold freezing takes, cold on, takes Twitter. on Twitter. Um, about bad, bad tweets and bad predictions and things that don't hold up long term. People tag that guy, that account, in tweets like thousands of times a day, saying, "Oh, this is stupid." The Guardians uh, went out and and they shared the receipts of all the people that that got it wrong. No different than that. Why can't they have fun with it? You know what? It's all done. Part of it is entertainment. Sports is entertainment. Right. The accounts are entertainment. It's all a way for us to entertain ourselves. That's why you and I are sitting here talking about baseball. And that's why people listen to this podcast. Thanks for listening, by the way. I don't know why you'd want to listen to this voice, but thanks for listening. <laughs> exactly. This this podcast was brought to you by the Bybee family. <laughs> I do. I We will have our Tanner Bybee uh, segment later in the podcast. So don't, don't you worry. We will get that in there. I will, we did I mention something showers, too. So we... We even got the shower sheet. Shower yeah. sheet. <laughs> ah, Lord. It's definitely a Monday. Um, yes, it is. Yeah, I don't. I don't see why they, the the account can't have fun with it. That's hey, they need the engagement. It's not like people are coming to the ballpark, so they might as well go out of the Twitterverse and they might as well um, get people excited that way and see if it makes a difference. Um, I want to go back and. Uh, okay, so go back and, and I want to get your thought too on what I said about Brennan and coming up for Ernie Clement's spot and the fact that he's played almost every day since he's come up in a way that Palacios and, and Freeman and, and Benson have not. How uh, how telling do you think that is? Because I feel like it's it's a big tell about how they feel about him. Absolutely. Um you know, like I said, I think he pushed his self into the pitcher uh, just with his performance over the year. Uh, I think it tells you what kind of player that they think he is with the ability to step up and to perform, and he did. Uh, so they rewarded that. Um, I, I also think it tells you what they think of other players at times, too. Um, I'm not going to say that they're sledding Valera by bringing up Brennan over him. But I think it says that Valera, Brennan, who is three years older than Valera, is a more polished player and fits this dynamic of this team right now. Um, so that's they a great point. Complement the roster, and I think that's why Brennan is brought up over um, George Valera. 
and even Nolan Jones, because like I said, you're looking to complement the roster and it's about roster construction for the long term. But this long term we have is the next really we're thinking through October. So let's say for the next six weeks, eight weeks, our long term roster is how does it fit? And he fits this roster construct perfectly, in my opinion. Um, Will Benson is what he is. I think a low average guy with a lot of tools. Um, who's probably a fourth or fifth major league outfielder. I've said before, I think Will Brennan has developed himself from a fourth outfielder when, when he was drafted to being a third outfielder now, uh, just with the strength gains and, and just showing the ability to consistently hit. A guy like that and shows that ability is drafted in the eighth round. That tells a lot about his personal development, but also the organizational's organizational development of him too. Um, but I think it, it says a lot as far as him playing over players. I will point out, though, that Tyler Freeman has been playing every three or four, at least three or four games a week. Um, kind of He's played well. Goal. Yes, in third base, shortstop, second base, not easy. Um, but but Brennan came in. I thought that he might get the start over Straw on Sunday in center field, but to my knowledge, we haven't seen him in center field yet. I don't recall him there anyways. No, no, not yet. You probably won't, to be honest. Um, I don't see why they would. Miles Straw, unless you're going to give Miles Straw a day off. Otherwise, um, you would not. And and he does complement the roster very well. You're right, because I tweeted that he looks like he's – I mean, he had um, a game where he had a base hit, RBI back up the middle in his first game, and then he had a two-stolen base game in Texas. Um, I think he already has three steals. He's only been up less than a week. So he has the skill set. Looks like he just fits perfectly on this team. And mm-hmm. it's kind of funny. We keep talking about him and, and and Stephen Kwan. And I think, was it during the Orioles and the Mariners stretch where the offense really struggled? I remember saying, gosh, this team really could use like um, a Fran Mill Reyes type. Not, obviously not the Fran Mill Reyes of 2022, but a Fran Mill Reyes of 2021. They really needed that guy to kind of balance the lineup out. And you could argue that Nolan Jones and George Valera, their skill set balances the lineup a little better because they already have a lot of contact guys who get on base and run well. You would like to have a um, a guy in the middle of the order that can, that can hit the three on homer. I guess they just don't want that to happen once every five days in between, you know, 10 or 12 strikeouts. I don't know. You could argue those guys kind of complement the lineup a little bit better. Cause I think Will Brennan is kind of a carbon copy of what they already have, but that to me mm-hmm. says that's what they want. They don't want, um, they don't want strikeouts. They don't want, um, for, I mean, Fred Reyes was, was probably hitting home runs at a higher rate than you would have gotten out of, um, Jones and Valera this season. Maybe eventually they can they can get to a better power rate, but you weren't. I mean, they didn't ask George Valera to do it. They felt they felt like Will Brennan was was ready to carry that load and was ready to jump in the lineup and and contribute right away to a team that's going to win the win a playoff. Uh, when it, you know, go to the playoffs, win a division. They didn't have any any reservations about whether or not he could handle that. They just brought him up because he deserved it and he did it right away. So that to me, like you said, he fits right in. He compliments the rest of the roster. They feel like those are the kind of guys that can come in and make an impact right away. And he has. So I just, I'm, 
we'll see what happens in the future, but I feel like uh, that's kind of tipping their hand about how they feel about the next couple of years. Cause it's not like, uh, not like Jones and Blair are going anywhere. They're right behind with uh, the right in triple a and Jones has already had a taste. So, but if, uh, if these guys like, like, uh, like Oscar Gonzalez, he comes up, he hits, he seizes the opportunity and now you can't get rid of him. So he played his way into part of the future. Well, Brennan can do the same and it forces you to make other decisions. And I think um, the most talented player on the team isn't always the best fit. It's kind of that um, thinking with the draft, if you will. I, I talk a lot about the draft. You and I have engaged in that and I've done a ton of coverage for the site. And if you look at it from that perspective, of what player fits the team or what we do well or what this team does well. Think of it that way. And you get to draft a guy, so to speak, from your minor league system. They drafted Will Brennan as the guy that fits the team, fits the need, and is the best fit for the roster right now. That's why they brought up Will Brennan. And it's worked. I mean, he's already had a big impact, so. Uh, I mean, Nolan Jones did when he first came up as well. He had fits in his first four games, and actually, Will Brennan fell short of that. But yeah, he he fits, and he's he's jumped right into the fray and, and done a good job. And um, just excited to see what his future can do. Do you think? I I think he'll be in the playoff roster. Mm-hmm. Do you think he'll be there? Yeah, I don't. No question to me. I think they brought him up. Um. I think they brought him up. They wanted to see who he was, and then you start him four games right away. I think he's going to be on the playoff right. roster. I, I think you could yeah. see maybe maybe Will Benson gets pinched. Uh, Gabriel Arias will get pinched. Um, maybe Kirk McCarty. Some people say Brian Shaw. Um, I, I think they'll give the nod to Brian Shaw, keep the vet on the roster, at least for the first series. Um McCarty does have some value as being an additional lefty in the bullpen, but I don't think the bullpen is going to have any problems whether they had him or not. And I, I don't mean that as a slight for McCarty. It was good to see him come in the other day and, and do really well. And I've long said uh, probably two years now that McCarty is in the role that he belongs in right now, that long, long man type of role. Um, He's going to be a great thing, Bay Ray one day. He's going to be a great Tampa Bay. I'm surprised it already hasn't happened. I, I for sure thought they were going to DFA him after that 15 inning marathon and good for them. They didn't because um, yep. you played a huge role for them that night. And that was a big win to break the spirits, the twins. Um, yeah, Another guy like that, DFA. you know, he's, he's not the most talented player on the roster, but he's going out there and performed when he's had opportunities to that's Will Brennan. Did you? You know, the most talented guy on the roster, but he went out. And he's performed. Um, you know, you mentioned Valera and Jones. I think there's a major league future for those guys. There could be a major league future for for all of this group, if you will. It might mean that there's a player or two that move along, um, uh, get traded, are designated for assignment for whatever reason. Um, but I think there's a major league future for, for all the guys that we really talked about. Did you happen to hear... Uh, I forget who he told. I don't know if it was Andre Nott or Zach Meisel after the game on Saturday. Did you hear um, Kurt McCarty's quote after the 15 inning game of the Twins? No, I didn't. I missed that one. He was talking about um, pitching extra lengths to run around second. 
And he's like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. With the way I pitch, there's usually always a guy on second anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wow. This guy just is right there. He fits right with the team with that sense of humor and um, that self-deprecation. I'm sure I'm sure Terry Franklin loved that when he heard that because that's yeah I don't know that's great but no he pitched he pitched great that night and good for him he he got to celebrate in the in the, the clubhouse with them uh, yesterday and yeah I, I don't think we'll be seeing Kirk McCarty in the playoff roster um, but obviously you know did play a big role this season and stuck around yeah. a lot longer than most of us thought so good for him good kid um, I, I don't know. I, I'll see, we'll see what they do with the pitching because Zach Plesac is supposed to pitch Friday for the Guardians. Um, this could allow you to finally move Cody Morris back to the bullpen. And geez, mm-hmm. I mean, your bullpen could be Cody Morris, Sam Henches, Nick Sandlin, Trevor Steffen, James Karinchak, and Emmanuel Classe. Um, and, and, and it didn't include Eli Morgan, who has looked, you know, a little better lately. Finally, I don't know yeah. if I'd necessarily throw him out there with uh, with runners on in a, a tie game or anything, but at least he um, has been pitching better lately. But geez, if, if you get Plesac back, and, and Aaron Savali's pitched great recently, um, I like what Cody Morris was doing out of the bullpen, the minors, before he got shoved back into starting in the majors. Just imagine how deep. I mean, he's a rookie, and who knows what could happen, but. If you can go out there and get five innings, five great innings for Tristan McKenzie and, and Shane Bieber, and they've done that more this year than than enough. They've done six, seven innings most times. Yeah. But you could go out there and you can get even two innings out of Cody Morris, and you can turn it over to Stefan and Henches. Um, that's just amazing how deep this bullpen gets. And more talent to come. I mean, right. We we saw Carlos Vargas on the roster, but he he said got sent back down without ever making that appearance. And what a, what a year to see 16 guys up and really 18. Um, what an amazing yeah, feat. Just a few pitches away from being 18. Yeah. And, and it says a lot for the organization as far as player development and um, just bringing in the talent that they have into their organization to have that amount of depth to be able to call on that sheer volume of players and for them to perform at this level, just amazing. Um, I think that's something that should be lauded is the player development. Obviously, identifying talent is huge. They've done that, but they've also developed these players. And, they, and the players have bought in to the organizational system, and they have succeeded now. Um, you know, I, I've said I think this organization is a year ahead of where they, where they would have been. Um, last year sucked. It, it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> they they were eighty and eighty two. Yeah, I. That, I mean, but, yes, it was not it was not a fun season, but also but I think it, I think it brought a lot was of the worst record. I think it brought a lot of this growth to this organization too, though, because it gave a lot of players opportunity to play. You know, and I got to give them credit too for moving on from guys that mm-hmm. once upon a time they held on to long. Well, well too long. Um, and they moved on pretty quickly from some guys, even Fran Mel Reyes, who I didn't know if they were going to try to to stake it out or, or what they were going to do there. They moved on because they had the long view um, insight, what it would do for player development, opening up that DH position and watching how they've used that and rotated players in and out of that since then. 
Uh, I think that's ideal for DH for this organization. Um, but man, it, it's just been a fun year. I've got to throw out Aaron Savali. How big has he been in his last two starts coming off of injury? I think he's only made 17 starts this year. He, he goes five innings the other day, strikes out seven. And the start before that was very similar to that too. So very impressive. Glad to see him back. You know, you hope Savali and Plesak both will be healthy for this, uh, for this run now. Yeah, it seems like they will be. I, I we'll see how they, they structure the pitching. I think I think it would be a mistake not to have Cody Morris on the roster. Um just for the talent alone. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen with Brian Shaw, but you know, for the first round, and you can change things. Here's the here's the problem with the roster construction because it's not just one round, right? Mm-hmm. They they don't have to have five starting pitchers or even four starting pitchers on their staff for the first round because um, you only have three games. So they can, they can say, okay, we'll go with Bieber, McKenzie and Quantrill. And maybe we'll add Aaron Savali as insurance. Um, and you, you have Cody Morris in the pens. So you don't have to have Zach Plesak on the first round roster. If he's not going to pitch. Um, Obviously, Kirk McCarty's not going to make it. You're going to have to pick between one of probably Gabriel Arias and Tyler Freeman. I would, I would lean that they're going to pick Freeman, but I don't know that for sure. Um, no, I would say that it would be Freeman. Yeah, they've uh, been playing him. Like I said, three four days a week. I, I think. Yeah, I think then you're then you're stuck with this. Um, let's say that. Brennan and Gonzalez both make it. Well, one of, you know, Gonzalez is probably your DH. Um, you need an extra outfielder. So to me, that says Will Benson has to be on that roster because um, you need someone to cover the outfield in case of an injury. Um, Owen Miller has played some outfield in the past, but not this year. Definitely not to the level you're going to be comfortable with. So I think Will Benson makes it automatically. So you've got your starting nine. You've got Luke Maley. You've got Tyler Freeman. You got Owen Miller, Will Benson. Um. Yeah, I guess it comes down to how they want to structure the pitching staff. But the problem with that is long-term, you know, you get to the second round, it's five games, right? You have to make some changes. Who who doesn't make the roster in the second round? Because once you take a guy off the roster, he cannot be re-added the rest of the year uh, until the, the following round. So if they take a guy off the roster um, in – the after the wild card round, they can't re add him and they don't. And let's say they win the wild card round and let's say they win the divisional round, then they can add somebody, they can add that player back in the ALCS. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wonder, like, you you know, maybe you leave two pitchers off the for the three, the um, the three game series. There's no off days, which makes it interesting, but I kind of wonder if Gabriel Arias makes the the AL or the wildcard roster because you need someone you can remove to add pitchers back um, knowing you cannot re-add that player for the next until the till two rounds from then it's all these little all these little roster games you know I mean they're gonna be able to add will Brennan because Anthony goes is on the 60 day IL and they can what have they done in the way. past I always go that direction what have they done in the past that's just- probably a, a precursor for what they will do. 
Yeah. Um, I'm trying to know what they did in 2018. Remember in 2017, they got kind of cute where they, they made Mike Clevenger and Trevor Bauer try to be like a, uh, what was it? 20, yeah, 2017. They tried to make them like a tandem starter thing where Bauer started game one. Clevenger came out of the bullpen. Kluber pitched game two, but his back was bothering him. Um, they try to get kind of cute with Bauer coming back on three days rest, which, you know, nobody else is going to do at this point. I don't know. I don't think they're going to manipulate it that way. Maybe, maybe Morris doesn't make the first round roster, but I'd, I'd like to have him um, on three days rest. I'd like to have him over Brian Shaw. We'll see how that goes. Cause you know, would you bring in a, a Savali who hasn't pitched out of the bullpen since essentially, I guess since college, probably. And I don't know about Zach Plesak. When's the last time he's done that? Would he be willing to, you know, um, Morris doesn't have a lot of experience. Uh, well, he's just done a, it this year. This year. Um, I think Aaron Savali can pitch no matter what situation he's in. I wouldn't be, I'd be okay with that. The only thing is you can't bring him in uh, with runners on. He, he would have to start a clean inning. Yep. Just because I don't think that's fair to those guys, so and they probably wouldn't. But I, I would, I would trust the value out of the bullpen. He's he's got a good enough command where he could make it work. Um, especially if you need you need some outs, need some length. I don't know, but those kind of things are fun to think about because um, there's a lot of uh, a lot of decisions involved. Like I said, can't bring certain guys back until the following round. Yep. So how they manipulate that will be interesting. But I, I think that the the roster they have right now. Maybe the roster they go in, into the wild card round with minus um, minus Kirk McCarty and I don't know. I guess they got to get rid of one more guy. I think they're going to stick with the long bench. Maybe maybe it's I want to say maybe my, minus Brian Shaw or Cody Morris. I guess that last spot will probably come down to those two. Which yikes. Um, yeah, let's not get into that. Um, I want to go back and look at our predictions real quick. I want to get, I want to next week. I think we should go back and look at our prospect draft and see how we did there. Um, I got let's a bunch just of injured pitchers. <laughs> What's that? I said, I got a bunch of injured pitchers. Yeah. You, uh, you try to play the long game there. I don't blame you, but uh, let's see just real quick. Our sleeper prospects of the year were Trenton Denholm for me. And for you, it was Jake Fox and Jake Miller. Jake Fox, pretty solid year. Trenton Denholm, up and down year. Jake Miller had Tommy John. So, um, you know, it is what it is. Breakout prospect, I had Will Brennan. I guess that worked out okay. Uh, you had Tommy Mace, who had a had a nice run at the end of the playoffs there. He was probably the captain's best starter in the postseason. Um, got, I think he got better. When I saw him in his last start for Lake County last week, which, by the way, they lost the championship if you haven't already – if you're listening to this, I would assume you already know that, but um, he was as good as I've seen him all year. He he had a uh, good fastball command, he had the slider going, he had a bit of a changeup going, so he got better as the season went along. That was good to see. Um, I had Josh Wolf as the most likely prospect to have a uh, quote unquote bust type season, which you know, what things went wrong, the wrong way. Josh Wolf uh, missed some time. I will say he had a nice relief appearance in the playoffs, so maybe maybe the bullpen is a good spot for him going forward. You had Aaron Bracho. Willie, Aaron Bracho 
did not play in any of the captain's six playoff games. Yordis Valdez came up from Lynchburg to Lake County late in the season. Um, after Lynchburg was already in the playoffs, obviously. They, so they called him up and he played for Aaron Bracho on the stretch and he played in the postseason over Aaron Bracho. I feel like that is very telling. Goodbye, Aaron. Nice knowing you. Yeah, I hope he... Good luck uh, with your future endeavors. Yeah, hope he banks some of that, that signing bonus. He did buy a nice car, I will say. Very nice car. Hope he has uh, some money left over. That was a... Uh, I, don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if he was hurt, to be fair, but... Um, if he was not hurt and that was the case, yikes. Um, I was most excited to see Doug Nikhazy this year. You were most excited to see Logan Allen. I think we know how that went. Although Logan Allen, oof, last uh, month in Columbus has been has been pretty rough. Um, we were both concerned about Freeman and Morris. And uh, that turned out to be okay. They both made their major league debuts. They've impacted the team. And um, will most likely be on the postseason roster, maybe. Um, biggest riser, I had Will Brennan. That turned out okay. You had Diane Frias, who I think had a pretty nice year in in Lynchburg. I think he'll be much higher on the list going the next season. I had um, Cody Morris expected to fall in the rankings, which we did drop him a little bit because of the injury. But he came back strong, so I feel confident in him again. You said Tanner Burns, and I... I you know, Tanner Burns is, is going to be a major league pitcher at some point. Um, definitely think that he has is going to continue to fall in the rankings, though, from when he was first drafted. Yeah, I think you get a major league pitcher there. There's been uh, several arm injuries since he's been drafted, and uh, stuff just isn't quite the same as it was when he was in college. But I, I still think it's a back-end type of – back-end of the rotation type of arm. Yeah, nowhere near. I think he was up to 96 in college, and I don't think we've seen that. 97. At all. And, no, 93, 94 at best, yeah. it seems like now. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe he comes in the offseason, does some work. Um, I had Tyler Thornton as a guy to watch outside the rankings. You know, as a guy we thought could move as a reliever. He had, you know, an up and down year. You had uh, Trenton Denholm and Hunter Stanley. Trenton Denholm definitely had his moments this year. Um, I think we both thought that, that Trenton Denholm was going to be Tanner Bybee. We thought Denholm was the guy who was going to add velocity yep. and take off as a starter. And it was Tanner Bybee. And to be fair, none of us said Bybee, but. Um, and and Denholm was up to 97 um, too. And that's something that he hadn't done prior. Um, so there was a jump in velocity for Denholm. Um, just think we thought not, he was going to take off. Yeah. Yeah. You and I both targeted the wrong guy. Yeah, that happens. Uh, this is why we uh, this is why we're doing this podcast on a Monday night and after our day jobs because this is not our full time job. Um, I had Peyton Battenfield as a surprise MLB debut. I should have put Will Brennan, I guess, but uh, he did make he did make the, the roster for a couple days. Uh, just didn't get the pitch. Yeah, Nick Enright. I thought we were getting close to that point with the bullpen getting taxed. Yeah, um, but he had a good run in AAA. I, I don't know what's going to happen to him next year, but. Um, cause he'll be real five eligible, but I think he'll be in someone's bullpen next year. I just don't know where it's going to be. Yeah. Um, may not be Cleveland, hopefully. but I think, uh, there's an opportunity yeah. for him to pitch at the big league level. Yeah. I don't see how they can afford to protect him, but we'll get into 40 man stuff, uh, later this winter. I had Steven Kwan as the, uh, finishing. This is our bold predictions. I had him finishing third in rookie of the year. 
looking similar to Michael Brantley. And then I said, well, Brendan will take a step forward offensively. I am going to uh, pull my shoulder and pat myself on the back for that one. Um, you had Gabriel Arias spending more time in the majors than AAA this year. Um, he did make it up a couple times, three different times this season. He may be on the first round of the playoff roster, so that's that was uh, not a bad one. Stephen Kwan, top five AL rookie of the year. He will surpass that, so that was good. Um, Nick Mikolacek and Cody Morris solidified the bullpen the second half of the season. Well, Cody Morris made it up. He had a bigger role than I think anybody anticipated. Um, and Nick Mikolacek, just not the same year this year. Not the same guy. His, uh, yep. his stuff did not quite look the same. I'm not sure what happened, if it was AAA ball, baseball or what have you, but uh, the velocity was a little bit backed up, and then, I don't know, he just didn't miss as many bats, which was yeah, the same as bat bat and field. <laughs> Which is what I was just saying. He and Battenfield both backed up this year, and then, um, of course, Tanner Burns. Injuries happened to Hunter Stanley. You mentioned him a, min- a minute ago because he was somebody I, I thought might rise. Um Somebody I thought would fast track. Um, believe it, he had an injury fairly early on. Was fairly successful in Lake County. Injury shut him down, and then after that, yeah. Hopefully, he gets back to that because he can still be an impact reliever. I think. Uh, I had best newcomers: Doug Nikhazy. You had Gavin Williams. I think we know how that turned out. Gavin Williams, second best pitching prospect in the system, and. Um, I had Bo Naylor as the comeback prospect of the year for Cleveland. You had uh, Gabriel Rodriguez. I would say those two both had comeback seasons for sure. Yep. Um, and I, I'll throw out, too, uh, Joe Koblitz, who is unfortunately no longer with GBI. But uh, he had Raymond Burgos, and Raymond Burgos had a, a very good season as a reliever. I feel sad to point out this, but um, Raymond Burgos this year, Willie, gave up two home runs all season long as a reliever and his last one um, came in, I think June 17th or maybe it was July 17th. Either way, it had been a long time. Well, his last outing of the season in the playoffs against the South Bend Cubs, he gave two home runs. What a bummer. I mean, guy has a great year. Hasn't given a home run in forever. Barely give any home runs this year. And last outing of the year, the Cubs tag him for two home runs. It's almost like a uh, David Ross hitting a home run off Andrew Miller. Yeah. Yeah. But I think he's revived his career as a reliever. We'll see. Um, so those are our predictions. Uh, those are our prospect predictions. Uh, I don't know if I want to go into our our um, MLB predictions, <laughs> Willie. I had, you, you I had the White Sox. Sounds going to come at us, Justin. <laughs> uh, yeah. We can, we can talk about the guy who hit cleanup for the Guardians this year and hit 30 home runs. Oh, wait. He's on the Red Sox. Ooh. Whoops. Forgot about that. Um, I had the White Sox, Willie, finishing with the second best record in the American League. And I had the Twins finishing in second place. I had the Detroit Tigers. I I bought into the hype. I bought into Javier Baez and Eduardo Rodriguez around Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green making the open day roster mm-hmm. as the – and they, they had um, – who was it? the reliever from Kent State, Andrew Schaaf, and they signed. I bought in that that, that group was going to be improved this year, and they weren't. I had the Guardians fourth. Willie, you had 
Oh, I don't feel as bad, Willie. You had the same. You had the same one as me, Willie. You had White Sox, Twins, Tigers, Guardians. What were you thinking? Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't. We were talking too much. <laughs> I went we back had and no forth baseball. on a lot. We were talking way too much. We had no off season, really, to speak of. Yeah. Gosh, um, I had. I had them I going like seventy nine eighty three. Didn't he get hurt early in the season? Yes, he did, and they they had a couple other guys get hurt as well. And Spencer Torkelson yeah, was not their good. Prospects. I, I thought that they would have significant breakouts. I thought that the uh, the whole division, the top four, anyways. I thought everybody would have finished in the eighties and wins. And you know, it'd be uh, one of those divisions where, like uh, Chicago, would win it with like eighty six or eighty seven wins. Minnesota would have, you know, one or two less, and Detroit one one or two more wins than Cleveland. Um, glad yeah, I, I, think was, I didn't think it was going to be a big, a big shift. Yeah. Yeah. Glad I was wrong. And a lot of my skepticism, if you want to call it that was based on my distrust of shoulder injuries. So Shane Bieber was a big thing there, but also yeah. um, the lack of starting pitching depth beyond the first five, because Eli Morgan did not cut it last year as a starter part of the reason he's in the pen. Then you had Connor Pilkington and Cody Morris. And, and like I said, I projected Morris into the bullpen, not into the starting rotation. And I didn't think all five starters would make the season. Of course, Savali battered, battled injuries all year. And then Plesak got mad again and punched the ground. So he was shouting at, at the sky. <laughs> he was just putting something back in the dirt. Or putting something back in its natural habitat, as uh, as Happy Gilmore might say. Yeah, I think my reservation was just, um, um, I did, thought they would stick with Mercado and Zimmer and Bobby Bradley and Yu Chang too long. I my my, I had no confidence that they were going to move on from them quickly enough to to bring up some kids and and have any sort of. Um, progress i i for sure thought this team be better in the second half than they were in the first half and that was true sure. that's always been true of the terry francona teams since he's been here for the most part um obviously didn't think that playing eight or seven or eight rookies at times was going to lead them to so many wins um and i didn't i didn't think the bullpen was going to be any good either you know they had emmanuel classe but they i didn't i didn't you know, Trevor Steffen had moments last year, but it didn't didn't seem like, oh, this is going to be your second best reliever type moments. Um, not on a good team anyway. Sam Hentges, I didn't really trust. Um, Nick Sandlin, you know, was hurt last year in the season. Didn't know if I trusted mm-hmm. that. They brought back Brian Shaw, which, you know, he was fine last year, but he was pretty terrible most of the year. I'm not sure I trusted how good he was going to be. I think I just didn't. I don't know. The bull, the bullpen was my concern and sticking with the, some of the guys who just had too many chances. It was time to move on from. So I had them at 79 83. You had them at 83 and 79. And I would have thought between Cleveland and, and I had Chicago in first place. I would have thought that Cleveland, you know, would have been within a few games of second place for sure. Or third place. They might've been in division contention until like late August. I don't know, but. I also had Anthony Ghost as my X factor for the bullpen, thinking that if he became a good reliever, this bullpen could be better. And turns out a lot of other relievers. Um, 
We're better so than be him and healthier. Yeah, I hope he gets back and healthy. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, most of us, most of us did get breakout pitcher right. Um, you, you, we, we both had this right. You had um, Andres and as your breakout hitter. That worked out pretty good. And the rest of us had Stephen Kwan, and that worked out pretty good for all of us. Uh, we all picked Tristan McKenzie except for Arthur, and Tristan McKenzie was um, the breakout pitcher. Can we call Bobby Bradley of the biggest disappointment of the year because he was gone within like ten days? I don't know if you can necessarily call him the biggest disappointment, but we were all pretty sure he wasn't going to be here long, and he wasn't. I just yeah, was like, I, I thought he would be there until at least June or something like that when they finally gave Nolan Jones a chance. Um, did not expect much, if anything, from Josh Naylor this year. Um, that that there was not a lot of transparency there as far as. Oh yeah, we know he's hitting, but is he actually healthy enough to play or or what? So there was really no level of expectation from Josh Naylor this year whatsoever from me. Um, I thought, like I said, Bradley would be on the roster too long. I, I thought Yu Cheng would be on the roster too long. Um, Bradley Zimmer, and they started making moves. And even when it became pretty clear, like Reyes is not rebounding. Something's wrong here. Something's off with him this season. They moved on. You know, like I gave them credit earlier in the podcast. Uh, they they deserve credit for that. Moving on from these guys and, and not sitting on them like they have and riding and beating a dead horse, if you will. Yeah. They didn't, didn't know how long they were going to hang on to some of those guys, and they did. Um, that was a good thing. And I my, my biggest concern was the bullpen and – first base because of Bobby Bradley and because Josh Naylor, I mean, remember Josh Naylor came back and he played right field early in the season. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and um, also the other Logan Allen was also in the rotation for a minute too. So <laughs> it has been a long season, man. Um, Makes you realize season. how long the season really is. I, yeah, I'd almost I think I with that. the team. <laughs> yeah. Um, Real quick, it's been a little over an hour, so let's 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 just get out of here on these notes. Uh, Columbus finishing up their season this week. They'll play four games starting tonight with the Indianapolis Indians. Uh, they will not be making the playoffs, so this will be it. We did get to see John Kenzie Noel and Jose Tena up in Columbus to start the season. I don't know if they're going to both start the season in Columbus next year. I think they're up there because of Will Brennan and Gabriel Arias going up to Cleveland. Um, but still good for them to get a few more at-bats in the AAA environment. That's good. Um, as I said, Lake County finished up a loss in the championship series. Aaron Davenport was, you know, good for two innings, and then that was about it. South Bend Cubs just had a good lineup. Raymond Burgos out of the bullpen, unfortunately. I will say Jordis Valdez was the best player in that series for the captains. He uh, was hitting the ball tops at both sides of the field with some authority and some a really nice swing. I'm excited to see where Jordi's Valdez goes next year. What happens with that Lake County um, roster? Let me, let me throw out the players of the year to you, Willie, and see if you have any objections or any, any, any comments here in Akron, our guys in Akron, John Elrod and Spencer Thomas this year, who did a great job covering the rubber ducks. They went with uh, Tanner Bybee as the pitcher of the year. There's your Tanner Bybee segment for the week. Um, and George Valera as the player of the year. Any any objections, any thoughts on those picks in Akron? No, only because Will Brennan was moved up to, <laughs> to Columbus. Right. Yeah, uh, Valera had 
um, more at bats at AAA, or um, Brennan had more at bats at AAA, I should say. So that's why Valera was the the pick in Double A. Otherwise, um, well, Brennan would have been the pick in Double A. Nothing on Tanner Bybee just made a ton of sense, uh, even over Gavin Williams. No, I, I, you know, like we said in the last podcast, I, I think you can look at the two of them and they're going to track very similarly. I think you have a more polished piece with Tanner Bybee and he took advantage of, took advantage of guys that aren't as polished. I think with uh, Williams, he gets more, by, gets by more with his stuff, the quality of his stuff. Um, I think that's your thing right there is uh, overall, I think Williams has the higher ceiling. I think right now you have a, a more polished pitcher with Tanner Bobby, both that are going to track with very high upside in the future. Um, I still feel Williams has the higher upside, but I, I feel like Bobby had the better year. Um, talent always d- doesn't always produce, you know, you have to develop that talent and, and Bobby is more developed. And, you know, just a, that's an acknowledgement of, of the season that he's had. Yeah, it's like last year we went with um, Logan Allen as the pitcher of the year or the player of the year in the minors. And Daniel Spino obviously had a great season last year and has more talent, has more upside than Logan Allen. Mm-hmm. But Logan Allen just had a better season overall. Um, nothing has changed there, obviously, that Spino still has more talent. And Allen didn't quite repeat that last year, but... Um, you know, like I said, performance also, how good he did. And then in Lynchburg, uh, we'll have Lake County's um, player pitcher of the year coming this week. Um, we have Lynchburg's and Columbus will be next week. But um, Lynchburg, we went with Jake Fox and Will Dion. Obviously, both good years there. I feel like offensively, it was kind of a harder pick um, as, as far as player of the year. Pitcher of the year, I think, could have gone any any number of ways. You could have gone with uh, Will Dion or, or Ronnie Boone. I think mm-hmm. left, which was gone too soon. I can't remember who, who had more innings pitched, but a lot of good options pitching wise there. Johnston um, had a good year there too. Uh, Tyler Thor. Yeah, Reed Johnston was great. Um, was David yeah. Sharp there? He was. Did, did he start there and then go to Lake County? I can't remember. He did. Yeah, he was pretty good there. So was uh, Elvis Torres, and um, I think that was it. So pitching a lot to choose from hitting, not so much. Yeah. Dan Frias was uh, pretty good. I think uh, Milan Tolentino. Excellent. And then got that promo to Lake County, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, he was, he was gone pretty quickly, honestly. And then uh, Jake Fox. Yeah. Jake Fox was there all year. He was, it was pretty good most of the year. So I don't have a problem with that pick for either. That was uh Josiah Elmore, who was our, um, Lynchburg Hillcats reporter, first first Hillcats reporter in, in IBI GBI history. So we appreciate his efforts this season. Um, always good to have an extra set of eyes yeah. and ears and and thoughts down there. That was good to have him. So yeah, we'll uh, no questions this week. We didn't really throw it out there because we kind of got a late start this week. Um, I don't know, Willie. I think we'll be back next week to talk more playoffs. We'll talk about the end of. Uh, the Clippers season next week and then yeah, more playoff stuff. And then I don't know if next week or maybe the week after we'll, we'll kind of look back at our, our prospect draft, like we talked about and we can get into the 40 man roster stuff. And I don't know, we can focus on the playoffs because uh, the, the my league season will be done. There won't be much to talk about. We'll have to talk about the, 
AFL, I suppose, at some point. But um, Guardians of the Future will be Guardians of October, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully they continue to play, and we'll have something to talk about before we have to get into all the off-season stuff. But fun times ahead on the podcast. We'll keep it regular for the next few weeks. We'll see how the postseason goes before we go back to – you know, every other week or, or, um, as, as news trickles out, but, uh, my league season is winding down. Like I said, next week, Columbus wrap up and, um, revisiting our prospect draft. And then, I don't know. I think it might be, is it too early to get into 40 man stuff next week? Maybe we want to wait another week. I'll probably wait another week. I like to see how playoffs play out first before we even get into the 40 man stuff. Yeah, let's see how the playoffs go. Once once the postseason's over, we'll get into that. Yeah, and we can talk a little bit about the playoff opponent and the series ahead, all of that, once we get there. Yeah, we'll do it. All right, well, we'll do it live next week then. How about that? Uh, Catch us us next week, same time, same channel, uh, same voices, unfortunately, for all of you out there who continue to torture yourselves listening to us for an hour each week. Thanks for listening. We'll we'll catch you again.